Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Shall we clap unto the Lord? Oh, shall we clap unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. Say to your neighbor, this is the best place to be on a Sunday afternoon. Hallelujah. I believe that we are going to be blessed one more time. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians, Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 says, all scripture is what? Given unto us. Oh, I've forgotten. <laughs> scripture. All scripture is given unto us. Well, well, and it's profitable. And it's profitable for doctrine, correction, reproof, and instruction. Hallelujah. Even as Mom, um, ES Joy comes, I believe that as the word comes, it's coming to direct us. It's going to bring correction. And I want you to open up your hearts. Hallelujah. Shall we welcome her with a clap offering? In Jesus. This is our way. This is our way. When way. This is our way. The smoke of my worship relay upon the Like when you go and do an exam, and then it's all points, you know. <laughs> My king, there's no one like you. Your words are filled with truth. My soul thirsts for you. Sorrow. Your reigning majesty, you're watching over me, and I thank you for loving me. Come on, let's do the chorus. Turn to a neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm thanking God. Then you mention something 
that you do have, that you do have, and you realize that all is well with you. the things we don't have. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in church this afternoon? It's a little too loud. Take it down a little for me, right? A little bit. Just a little. Hallelujah. Is the working better? Oh, thank you. Our confession. They are reminding me. Hey, hey, please rise to your feet. Find your Bible. Hey, let's make our confession. Take your Bible and let's do our confession. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Yeah. When we say rise to your feet and you don't get to your feet and you are a child, I make them take you to saved. Uh-huh. Lift up, it, lift up your Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Take your seat. Hallelujah. You know, it may look like a confession that's not saying anything. But one day you wake up. You see, the reason why you think it's nothing, maybe you don't know what the Bible says about you. Maybe it's a long time since you read the scripture that you are more than a conqueror. Hey, are you there? Hello, are you there? Yeah. The Bible says you have everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's also in the Bible. Are you there? It says, when you're confessing, I have what it says I have. Hey, have you opened the Bible to see what it says you have? I said, have you opened the Bible to see what it says you have? Do you know that your mouth is more powerful than a gun? Hey, if you were aware, you'd be blessing yourself every day. Oh, you're not getting what I'm saying. Yeah. As you say, that's it. As you what? As you say, that's it. Yeah. For many years, I used to pray over my children. And I used to say that you'll be the pressure to your peers. Because most teenagers, peer pressure is what pushes them off the road. You be the pressure to your peers. I was just saying it. You are the pressure to your peers. By the time they were teenagers, they were the pressure to their peers. Yeah. So it means that when the friends are saying, let's go and do this, and they say, let's go and do that, that is what is done. Yeah, very, very important. Very important because the first cigarette you smoked, it was a friend who gave it to you. A peer, somebody like you. Then he forced, yeah, then you took it. The first time you drank and you were totally drunk and lying flat. It's a friend. Not an enemy. A what? The first prostitute you slept with, it was a friend. But he told you that. He is the one who told you that you should prove that you are a man. So let's go so that you show you. It's true. Yeah. Is that what all bills are on him? Man? So he will pay you. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. So that's why I'm saying that peer pressure is a very wild thing. Uh-huh. So I used, to conf- I used to say that they would be the pressure. And Janice, so not that somebody is taking you somewhere. And that was it. Hey. Many of our problems, if you didn't have a friend who took you there. Oh. Oh. Sometimes the friend is even a relative. Oh. 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 
Amen. So as we are confessing good things of ourselves, don't spare prayer. Because God is about a lot of things about your life. And with that, I want to just inform you that we have a convention this week. Amen. Why are we having the convention? Because I feel like saying some good things to you. Amen. The theme of the convention is attempt great things. Attempt great things. The truth is that you don't know all that is in you. Yeah, until you attempt. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Until you what? Yeah. Until you attempt. Sometimes it's like you are doing something and you are joking, not knowing that you are very wild in it. You go and ask many people who cook for a living. They never planned it all. But it's like they were cooking, they were cooking, they realized actually, hey, it's working. Eh, so I'm a major cook. They never knew. They never knew. Many fashion designers, they never knew. They thought they were just putting some things together and something, something. Yeah. So who knows what will happen when you attempt? You are there. You have been renting the room, sir. But how do you know if you attempted to put one stone upon another? Hey, the church is very quiet. I'm preaching already. Please, I cannot wait. So please arrive on Wednesday. We shall be talking about great things that we... Ask your neighbor, are you going to attempt some great things? Hey, you mind me again. I say, ask your neighbor, are you going to attempt some great things? Yeah. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know till you try it. And when you try, you suddenly realize that, hey, something wild is happening. I used to move around with our father's books with this man. We're just walking around. We don't know what we are doing. We don't know what we are doing. One day I was there, then I saw a text. He has finished selling 1,000 Macarios in India. Did you even know that you can sell in Ghana and again in India? You never knew. You're just attempting something. Something, Keke. Something. This small little boy playing piano. Okay, you are a young man. I'm sorry. It was a little boy just putting behind the piano, trying and see what you would do. Before you know, today, here you are. You are the uh, second service pianist. If you don't come, we are hot. Hey! He was just trying to play. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. He was just trying to play if he had never done it. And you too, there are things you have not done. But if you just attempt something. Amen? Hey! Are you going to come to a convention? Yeah. Yeah. You just need something to be spoken over you. You go and attempt. Now you see that. Hey! It's like, oh, but Lord, I was only joking, oh. You only joking before you are aware. I did not work it. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. So don't miss our attempt great things convention this Wednesday, this Thursday, this Friday. Those of you who work, don't be disturbed at all. When you finish, just come. Yeah, because sometimes when you look at the time and the tiredness, just drag yourself and come. The same grace that us that we should have the convention, it will meet you right here. Yeah. It will meet you where? When God says he will meet you in a place, he will meet you there. So, don't worry. Just arrive. It's like, oh, I couldn't come at six. I couldn't. No problem. No, tell your neighbor, no problem. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Well, there's a, a, a one time our bishop shares, Bishop Doug shares about how as a fresh Christian he was taken to an all night. Never gone to an all night before in his life. And he fell asleep. He's your first one. What for do? But I said, when he woke up, he was leaving the place. Something had happened to him. Something had happened. Hmm? Sometimes you are just joking. Oh. But God is not joking. Tell him, but God is not joking. God, you were just saying that, oh, I said, I'll be a very significant person. You were joking, but God was not joking. God was not joking. Hallelujah. Powerful. So I want you to be aware of that. I also want you to be aware that the 14th of February is a Monday. Amen. Yeah. And we want to have a concert because we just use the day for something positive. Please listen carefully. Please hold on. Hold on. If campus closes, we will do it on the night of the 13th. Are you getting it? Because then it's only us. The Sunday evening. It's just us. Uh-huh. But if campus is still open, we'll do it on the 14th. So just keep watching your pages. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Uh-huh. But it's a very nice concept. The songs are good.
That's what concert there will be. The only issue is whether we are doing it on Sunday night or on Monday night. That's the only. Please explain it to your neighbor in your local language. <laughs> or you don't know that you hear better in your local language. Eh, you didn't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Appointment Academy is also starting today. Yeah. They were going to have a break, but please, we are starting today. Very short one, just to have started. And then by, man, by next week, we are sailing. Hallelujah. Now, today, I'm actually talking to you for just 15 minutes, but 15 very important minutes. Amen. And it's just to start a series, our series for this month. Yes. And I've called it the Bacenta system. Another word for it is the cell system. Yeah, the cell system. And it's a very important thing for each and every single one of us to understand. Why? Because we didn't come on this earth to be saved and just be here. We are here because God has a work for us to do. Amen? Take us to John 15, 16. Let me show you something. John 15, 16 says that. It says what? You have not chosen me. That I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit shall remain, and whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. We've spoken about this scripture before, that we are to bear fruit. If not, let's go home to the Lord. Because in fact, life is tough. Hello? Some of you, before you were able to get to church, you took three cars. It's not funny at all. Some of you, to get to work, it's a whole trek. From when you were born, you were quietly in your mother's stomach. You were not causing any trouble. From when they delivered you, the issues began. As you have arrived per injection. What is that? What's that? Hello? What am I saying? The days on earth are full of so many things. Not all are nice things. So, therefore, comma, if we are not going to bear fruit, let's go home. Because everything else is going to be done better at home. When I say home, I mean in heaven. This preaching we are preaching, it will be better in heaven. Singing that we are singing, the songs will be better. What is what again do you do on earth? If we eat, I'm sure the food is better. I said if we eat in heaven, I'm sure the food is better. Hey, not like your yoke gari that you have been eating. God bear. Hey, are you there? Somebody, you were drinking cocoa, there's no sugar inside. Hey, hey. <laughs> you are there, you say, Oh, I'm slim. It's not that you are slim in Nigeria. <laughs> no, believe me. When in heaven you pay rent, rent, you're renting what? Or oh, you don't know that I'm going to stay in the house. Hey, find the scripture. I go to prepare a place for you. If it was not so, I would have told you. So I don't know what we are doing in your one room with shared toilet and bath over which they have been sorting you every day. It's your turn to clean. You are not there. Hey, hey in fact. <laughs> are you in the church? Or oh, me, I built my own house. It's a blessing. It's also a responsibility. Eh? When is somebody else's house? The landlord, when you break the, uh, what? Handle, you call him. The handles are broken. When it's your own house, you look for the money you buy. If you don't do, there's no handle. <laughs> Hallelujah, hey. The day we entered our own house, that day, one side of the front door, handle broke. Till now, till now, till now. We are using kids to open it. That's <laughs> What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that if F is all that we came for, then we are better off in heaven. Then when we gave our lives to Christ, we should have gone. But it's not like that. Because he has an expectation of us that as you have found him, you will lead others to him. So please let us have that understanding. Amen. Let us have that understanding. And so if you are there and you find that you are struggling to bring people to Christ, know that you are not alone. That's how it is for all of us. 
And that's why we must look at how God himself did it. And that is why this month I'm speaking to you about the Basenta system. It was one of the ways yeah, that the Lord gave us to help us to do this work. Because it will be a pity if you get to heaven and when you arrive there, they now show you all the people who were around you that they hoped you would influence. <clears throat> you are here because somebody influenced you. That's why you are here. Some of you, I remember, but... <clears throat> hmm. somebody when he came to the church he's half the current size oh. he was half his current size hmm. if you divide him in two that's his size when he came we have the pictures to prove it <laughs> didn't believe at all didn't believe that's, but he's here today somebody God's plans are you in the church? God's plans and God's ways. We used to have an evening service. And one evening I saw some guy coming up there. I said, Lord, I'm either dead in the next five minutes or you have won a major soul to the Lord. Can't I true? It's not true. I was afraid of the person coming. I was wondering that the ashes cry. Where are they? If this guy is going to beat me up, I'll be finished before they arrive here. Hello, what am I saying? It's by some means that you are here. Whatever the means is. For some of you, the Lord caught you somewhere else and you are here because now this is where you live. But whatever it is, the Lord waylaid you somewhere. On the day of my husband's installation as Archbishop, I met a very precious gentleman. I have not seen him since 1994. Somebody should calculate. No, 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 I beg your pardon. 1984. Somebody should calculate 2022 minus 1984. What? 38 years. I have not seen this gentleman for 38 years. I tried to look for him. Somebody told me that oh, I know where he is. Gave me the phone numbers. I called. I couldn't reach him. And suddenly on this day, there he was. Oh, yes. And I just had, I said, my goodness, and I was looking at him today. He's got white hair and all that. And we spent a few precious moments talking and chatting and sharing. That was the gentleman who prayed for me for three years when I gave my life to Christ. Yes. I never knew that he had prayed for me. Me, I thought that I was there. And then I began to think about God and stuff. Are you there? And I gave my life to Christ. And when I returned to where I was doing my national service on campus. Then I spoke to him because I knew him as a serious Christian in the same faculty. And then he said, you never knew, but there were two of us who prayed for you for three years. Yeah. And then he began to follow me up and teach me the scriptures. I thank God that he waylaid me. Maybe you wouldn't have been here today. Amen. So you are also somebody's means. Are you with me? It's not everybody who will use crusade stage you. I like the stage. My husband doesn't like it at all. My husband. <laughs> it's interesting. He has walked the houses in Bantama. House to house. Door to door. Family to family. Sharing the gospel. Then he'll come and say, okay, I'm going to do crusade. <laughs> and he'll organize, they'll do the outreach, they'll do everything, they'll put the, everything there. He'll pray the hours. Then when they arrive there on the day, they'll say, uh-huh, you, up there. <laughs> So everybody and their ways. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But the, the doing there, it must be done. It must be done. And that is why this series is so important for all of us. Don't fall into the trap. You see, sometimes when we don't have everything that we need, we're like, Charlie, may you dream home? I'm looking for money to pay this money. But don't fall into that trap. Uh-huh. Don't fall into that trap at all. I mean, I came to change because I want to receive. Do you know how you receive? You don't. You don't know. Amen? I said, do you know how? Do you know how God will sort you out? Sometimes the person who's going to sort you out, Christ, is the one you are going to win. Yeah, Bishop Ogo was brought to the Lord by his wife. She was a 16-year-old sharing the gospel. 
Ask your neighbor, all oh, this, your height and your length, cry, you can't share any gospel. 16 years old, she was sharing. But she didn't know that that was her husband. Hey. So maybe your husband is in the basenta. Shibaya, Shabaya, Rabako Mataya. There are some gentlemen, you are 35, you have not married because you cannot choose a wife. What I'm saying is real. But your wife is in the basenta. Hey! Hey, but it is only this change that talks about basentas. Listen. The word basenta is just a name we have given it, meaning busing center. But some other churches call it a cell. This church in Lighthouse, we've called it many different things. When I joined the church, it was an area fellowship. A-O-F-M. Then it became a bus cell. B-U-S-S-C-E-L. Now it's a bus center. Who knows what it will be tomorrow? We don't mind. It was Shakespeare who said, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. <laughs> so you may call it a rose, but you may also call it something else, but it's the same smell. So tell me, where does sell? Uh, area fellowship? Oh. <laughs> Barcelo, Barcento is the same thing. It's the same thing. Hallelujah. Now, I have with me here a book that was written by Bishop Intefel. And the foreword of it is by Bishop Dag. You know, the foreword is somebody who has read the book who thinks is recommending it. Shabaya. Why, well, you are annoyed already. Oh. But we are just starting. Don't do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, why am I asking you to get the book? Because you're going to need it. And you're going to go back to it as a reference. We cannot possibly cover everywhere. You know, but this is one of the major blessings of the church and of your life. Amen. Now, sometimes you're in a church and you say that, oh, when this person, uh, this and that happened, the person got more support than this other person. There are two reasons for that. One of the reasons is either the person is a worker in the church or the person is a very strong member of Weber Center. Are you seeing it? So it has a lot of benefits and we'll go through the benefits. But today is the beginning. And I want us to begin in the Bible. Is that okay? So that we know that what we are doing is nothing new. Let's go to page 42. The biblical basis. Now, Bishop Interfel used the word cell, um, cell system because the book is an international book. Are you with me? It's going everywhere. And this is the term most people um, outside understand. Not just outside, general term. But for us, we call them bus, <laughs> bus centers, busing centers. And we want to look at what the Bible says. Where is this thing from? So if you came to church, I came to receive. Please return on Wednesday. And Thursday and Friday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we shall be sending turns to see. But today we are learning. Uh-huh. Today we are learning. It's about time Christians begin to understand something a little. Especially African Christians. We don't engage our mind so much. We engage our feelings. Not our mind. It's also nice. Please ask the young lady or, is a young lady or gentleman to sit up. Please, you cannot sit like that in my church. Sit up. Sit up. Yes. Mm. You cannot sit like that in church. No, neighbor, it's not your sitting room. Hey. hey. It's not your bedroom. It's a church. Hallelujah. We want to understand what we are doing because we do a lot of things because we feel like doing them. That's not a problem. Only that feelings are not stable. If you follow your feelings, it will be very serious. You can easily appear mad. Have you ever been somewhere the room is very hot? You feel like removing your tents. If you have been on your own, you would have. But where you are, you can't. So if you follow your feeling, hey, we'll be here in the church suddenly. <laughs> I'm just showing you that feeling is not the thing you follow. Today, you feel like you love her. Tomorrow, you wonder where I talk, right? Did you pass to marry this girl? you follow your feeling, you will be divorcing. You will marry, no, you divorce. <laughs> A 
anybody you see who has been married for two, three years, they have just decided that this is what I'm doing. It's not, uh, you know, I'm like waiting to see stars. Listen, the stars may be at the beginning, no, but you better land on earth. Hmm. You're going to follow feelings. Please tell your neighbor, we don't follow feelings like that. That's why any parent, your child says, I don't feel like going to school. Give him a knock and send him. It's not feelings we used to go to school. Ah. I said, it's not feelings we used to go to school. So explain to me, what of value do we do with feelings? You realize that most things in life, it cannot be depending on feelings. It cannot. Feelings make it interesting. Feelings can make it sweeter. But it can't be the reason. I'm not here preaching to you because I feel like preaching. I'm here preaching to you because I, that's what I'm supposed to do. When you wake up in the morning to brush your teeth, you brush your teeth because you feel like brushing it. You brush your teeth because when you wake up, teeth must be brushed. Imagine you did it only when you feel like it. Mm, mm. I can already smell the... Mm. Yeah. So I'm just trying to let you see that our Christianity is so precious to us. And honestly, if you are a Christian and you don't bring your feelings, there's a way that you don't enjoy the Christianity. However, it can't be the reason. I hope you understand me. It's one of the things, but it cannot be the reason that, oh, I'm only going to worship God because I fear. Hey, what are you going to do when things are not good? And we all have days like that. When things are not good. I was speaking to a friend who was living in a very dangerous country. Every Sunday, Charlie, when they closed church, then they announced that they have kidnapped somebody. Eh? Are you with me in the church? Yeah. They've kidnapped another pastor. He and his deacons. What kind of feeling is that? If you are feeling, you cannot open the church. So we're not following feelings. And that's why we're going to understand the Basenta from the scriptures. Let us start in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 18. I'm reading from verse 13. It came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto evening? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come to me, and I judge between one and the other. And I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that thou doest is not good. Thou will surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Are you there? Have you seen that scripture? So here his father-in-law comes on a visit. And he realized that his son-in-law Moses is at work the whole day. That's the pastor of the church. And everybody comes to the pastor. And when they come, then they are standing and they are waiting. And they'll wait and they'll wait and they'll wait. And then he'll be able to see this one and see that one. And not everybody has the same needs. There are times in my office when I say, tell them everybody five minutes. But somebody will come there five minutes. It's not enough. <laughs> so everybody is waiting. You just to wait over here for... 20 minutes, you cannot. But so imagine this situation. Moses had led the children of Israel out, and as he led them out of Egypt and they settled in a place, he was trying to sort them out and help them. But he was rapidly getting one out. And his father and Lord said, This thing you are doing is not good. Though. You are going to wear yourself out. But not only you, the people too will be worn out. Some of you, when you come and you wait 20 minutes, you say, I can't wait again. Imagine that we were the 2 million, it's a 3 million that they said that the Israelites were. So he now gave him an instruction, which later on God came to back it. Let's continue verse 19. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to God word, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God, and thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, 
and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee, with thee. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all these people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he said. And Moses chose able men out of Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons, the hard causes they brought unto Moses, but if every small matter they judge themselves. Hallelujah. So you see that here it was the caring of a nation. And you see that Moses allowed himself to be advised and he looked for people and he broke the people down into groups. Thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens, you can even say fives. So that when the matter you need a little something is not a big thing, there's somebody to talk to. If it's a little heavier, you go to the next level if it's very weighty, the following level, are you there? And by so doing, everybody was catered for. And in case you don't know, in Numbers 11, the Lord himself came and anointed those people. Yeah. Yeah, he anointed them. The same spirit that Moses had. I believe it's 11, 17 or so. He now said, let me put that same spirit on them so that they will bear the burden of the people together. If you don't know that people are a burden, it's because you are not doing any work. When we say burden, once you have people with you, there are some of us in your house, you have gone to bring your auntie's cousin's daughter. That's a burden you have brought. You will feed the person. Yeah, once the person is alive, or oh, you don't understand what I'm saying, I wish we could use another word, not burden, but it's a burden. Food, what? Clothes, your water that you have just used two buckets in a day. And when they are not paying, they know how to use the water. For... <laughs> are you in the house? Your washing soap, that if it was with you, you alone, it would have lasted some months. As soon as you have gone to add people, this washing soap that you have calculated, it <laughs> all of a sudden, it's no longer lasting one month. I've told you the story of my Milo before. Or I haven't told you. Oh, I've told you. I opened Milo. <laughs> I opened it. And my Milo is just fresh open. I've just I made a cup of Milo. Ah, the next day when I came, the tin was hard. Usually in my house, you can ask them. I don't ask who ate this or who ate that. But this one. Okay, I've opened the thing. And it's only in the evening that I drink it. I mean, I was drinking only in the evening. I just made a cup and I went to sleep. And as I've woken up this morning and I'm walking around, half. So I started asking, ah, who has happened to the Milo? Who has drank my Milo? Who has drank my Milo? <laughs> the young ladies who used to stay with me at that time, they began to laugh. I said, ah, baby, who was that? Then one of them, <laughs> then mommy, you have forgotten. Then she mentioned somebody who had just arrived from school and was home. And then she went to the cupboard and she picked a huge mug, big one like this. He said, he made the Milo. <laughs> that's the burden, that's the burden. <laughs> it's a burden, hallelujah. And as we are here in the church, our burdens are each other's burdens. Amen? I said our burdens are what? Each other's burdens. And we must carry them. We can't say we can't carry. But if it depends on one or two people, or even just the people in the front, you see that even now, you see that there are some we keep on dropping off. Yeah. When I say dropping off, we don't do what we should do because it caught us unaware, so it caught us at a bad time. But if you allow the Moses system to work, Somebody will by all means respond and help. Are you in the church? Oh, you are annoyed today. 
Hallelujah. And so you can see that it was God's idea. Is this the only place where we can find it in the Bible? I think not. I think not. So let us go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. The book of Acts is the book that tells us what happened when Jesus left and the first church came. And they are the people we should learn from. Yes. Are you there? Who should we learn from? The first ones who came. Yes. Now, when they came, we see that they began to grow very fast. And in Acts chapter 2, we see that the Holy Spirit came. As soon as the Holy Spirit came, they began to grow very fast. Take me to Acts 2, verse 42. Look at something. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Can you see what is happening here? They did two things. They went to church. They went to church. But apart from meeting in the church, they also met from house to house. Or your Bible is reading something different so that you tell her. You see, you didn't bring your Bible to church. Have you seen that you're out? They went to church. So don't tell me that I went to the Bacenta meeting so I didn't come to church. Shabaya. Then they also met from house to house. Nowadays, the Bacentes, we meet anywhere. Yeah. Why am I saying anywhere? Because sometimes we don't have a house. Or sometimes we don't have the space. It's not a problem. Please turn to your neighbor and say, it cannot be a problem. Don't make it a problem. Cannot be a problem. Mm. Yeah. There are some parts of the world where everybody lives in the house. There are also some parts of the world everybody does not live in the house. But you cannot tell us that because we don't live in houses, we cannot have cell group. What is that? What are you saying? Amen. Hey, tell anybody the Bacenta is working. <laughs> Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Let's start from verse 1. I want to show you something. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. I'm sure you know this scripture. But I wonder if you notice this part. And it filled all the house. All the house. Where they were sitting. When the day of Pentecost came. They were not in church. Ah. Oh, it says something different. It says the house. What's the house? It's a house. The house is where human beings live. It's a house. And that's where they were. And the Holy Spirit came there. Some of the things you are looking for that you think is in a church is in a house. It's in a, have you not noticed that some of your most profound encounters with God are when you are at home? Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Acts 1, verse 13 and 14. Just to show you more examples. We are telling your neighbor, we are reading Bible today. It's just Bible we are doing. When they were come in, they went up to an upper room where abode. So these people were living there. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. These all were one accord, with one accord in prayer and supplication. So when Jesus was not there, they had not, it's not the church they went to. They were in the upper room. If you like, you can consider it a dormitory. The number of people I'm seeing here, there are plenty. That's where they were when things began to happen. Then they were now in a house, the same house, and the Holy Spirit came and met them there. I would prefer to be in both places so that if the Holy Ghost is coming here, I'll be here. If he's over there, I'll be there. Hallelujah. It's a good place to put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Now, in the same book of Acts, you notice that the church grew very fast. They were not doing this hour. Two people, three people, four people. It was not like that. When they were growing, thousands have come. Peter will preach. He's finished one sermon. Three thousand have come. 
5,000. How are they going to care for the people? At the time, there were only, how many of them? Some 12 apostles. Some people say there were seven deacons. Don't ask me how they knew. I wasn't there. <laughs> but even if you add the seven deacons, that's only 19 people. How did they take care of 3,000 people? How was it possible? It was in the temple. <laughs> I've already given you Acts 2.46, so let's move on to Acts chapter 3. Here's an example of them going to church. I'm reading from verse 2. A certain lame, um, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of those that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John, about to go into what? Into where? About to go into where? The temple asked for arms. It just shows you that, yes, they were apostles. Yes, they were meeting house to house, but you see them also going straight into the temple. So it's not anything new. The only new thing about the Basenta is its name. Hello? The only new thing about the Basenta is what? Its name. The Basenta. Cell. AOFM. Basel. What other name can we give it? Home cell. House church. Whatever you call it, that's it. That's it. Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you understanding small, small? Yeah. Hallelujah. Acts 5. 42. Acts 5. I'm just showing you that as the church was progressing and growing, it continued. Daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Is it coming home to you? Yeah. You this once a week church crowd, we are struggling with you. Oh. Daily in the temple and house to house. Hallelujah. When Saul was trying to kill them, Krano, he used to go and look for them. He was trying to find them in the house. It's not easy at all. It's not easy at all. So I'm just sharing this with you to say that this is where we are going and this is what we are going to do. We already have some Basentes in the church. Amen? Everybody is going to belong to a Basenta. If you don't go to a Basenta, I don't mind, but you belong. You know where you belong. But do you understand? I say I don't mind. Some of you, Charlie, if I do, I you mind me anyway. So let's just agree. Can we agree? Some people, when we divide, they will go. Some of you won't go. Let, let's divide it. Some won't go, and some can't go. But as for as for belonging, you will belong. <laughs> oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. And it's good for you to know where you belong. Because by the grace of God, me, I'm believing God that he's going to explode the service. And I don't want anybody to get lost. But we also know that we are but human. Yeah. We are but human. And sometimes, even now, at times, something's past us and we don't catch it. And that's why I'm saying that whether you go or not, we know where you belong. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm attention. Me, I know I'm not going to sit in anybody else. No problem. You don't sit in anybody's house. Please, will you allow anybody to come to your house? If you will not, let them come to your veranda, okay? If you don't like that one too, under a tree. It's okay. Hey, the church is quiet again. You see, today, many of the buildings that you see during the flow prayer in the north of Ghana, they were all churches we used to have under the tree. My sister, did you not have one like that? And the rain used to beat us well, well. But today it's a church. It's a church. Amen. Hello. Are you okay or you are getting depressed? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, I want to read one last scripture. As I'm looking at your eyes, I'm discouraged. <laughs> Shandala masoketa yandala ba, meka baya sandala baya, ribataya. Using me, I'm not a small girl that they will fix me in the basenta. No problem, you will be in the basenta. I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you. I don't look. That's why I'm saying that if you don't go to a meeting, I don't mind though. I don't mind at all. But you know that this is your bacentally. It's very important. Why is it important? Have you ever been somewhere you're looking for a number to call? Just one number to call that you know that if I get this person, if I get this one number, I'm okay. That's your basenta leader. Because whether you go to a meeting or not, the person must take an action. Hey, there's nothing like, hey, you have not been coming to meetings on meeting. I'm not even going to, hey, hey. please report that person to me. What, what, what are you talking about? No, I'm asking a question. One phone number that you need. Have you ever needed some before? Our police has not caught you before. Hey, one day I was driving, I'd forgotten that my road baby had expired. They caught me in December in Accra. That's my road baby. I said, Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to Tamale. When I get there, I'll do it. When I reach Tamale, I continue to forget. <laughs> January passed. Then February came. One day I was driving to work. I said, oh, Jesus. Today be today. Then I got down. So the driver man said, your road ready has expired. I said, oh, officer. <laughs> Started talking a lot. So because of that, I was talking, I was thinking. You see, because some of you, you are able to pay the bribe easily. I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to do it. I didn't know what to do. Then I remembered one name and one number. And I called the name. And I called the number. <laughs> Are you in the church or you have traveled? Sasa so standing. Then <laughs> I don't want to tell you what the, what the man said. But whatever it is, then the policeman got to find out that house. Hey, lighters for my drink. Mommy, come, come, come. Because of the number that I had called. Yeah. Are you there? Sometimes you're in a situation, you need a number. That's your center leader. That's your center leader. No, it's true. That's your center leader. Amen? That's your center leader. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. My last scripture I'm reading for today is in Romans chapter 16. Don't worry, we are here for four weeks. I'm just taking my time so that you see it's in the Bible. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at St. Crea, that you, are rece- that you receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she has need of you. For she has been a sucker of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, and to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet the church that is in their house. As I'm ending, I want you to think about your house. Is it a place that the church will also be there? Is it a place where you will be the one to gather the people? Oh, it's true. I was telling my people that, oh, we are going to have a basenta in somebody's house. Near our house. Are you in the church? Why? So that everyone is catered for. Everyone is catered. Well, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm looking at you to see whether I would like to be in the same basenta as you. Mm. And tell the person that some of the house-to-house churches, they even break bread. Oh. As I look at you, I'm not sure whether you are the breaking bread type. <laughs> so as I look at you, you, you will just be giving us water to be drinking. I'm not sure. That. <laughs> Hallelujah. But by the grace of God. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 2. There's only one chapter in Philemon. Verse 2. And to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. 
there was a basenta in Philemon's house. It's amazing. So tell your neighbor, in the temple and house to house. Oh, in the temple and then house to house. We're going to be serving the Lord. We're going to be worshiping the Lord in the temple. That's here. And also house to house. Stand to your feet. You want to just talk to the Lord for a few minutes? And in these few minutes, you want to say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm processing this message. Because there are only two kinds of people here. People in whose houses we meet. And people who own the houses in which we meet. That's all. Or the trees under which we meet. Yeah, that's all. Talk to the Lord about it. Talk to the Lord about it. Talk to the Lord. It's an avenue to be able to create care for other people. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Father, we pray that even as we study, we do this Bible study that you help us to understand it. Touch our hearts and open our hearts. Soften our hearts to understand that it is your pattern for us. It is how you take care of us. It is how you cater for us, oh God. Father, we ask you to forgive us, oh God. We ask you to forgive us, oh God. We ask you to watch us, wash us in the blood, oh God. Oh yes, Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for caring for us. Not only shedding your blood, but leaving us a system to take care of one another. I pray, Lord, that we will understand it and we will do it, oh God. Help us, Lord. Help us. In the mighty name of Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. As you are here, maybe for you it is not to be able to get to the um, church in a house to be saved. But while you are right here, it's your opportunity to be saved. I want you to bow down your head and begin to think about it. Hallelujah. You are here this afternoon. You want to give your life to Jesus. There is no point talking about a house here or a house there. You want to give your life to Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You are looking at yourself and you are thinking, if Jesus were to come tonight, you are not so sure where you will go, to heaven or to hell. You can sort it out this afternoon. You want to give your life to Jesus. I want you to lift up your right hand. You want to give your life to Jesus. I want to spend just a few minutes praying for you. Just a few minutes. Just a few minutes. You are there. You are saying that I want to pray that prayer. God bless you. I see your hands. I want you to step out of where you are. And come to me. Step out and come. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. God bless you. You are here, your heart is beating. That's Jesus talking to you, telling you that you need to give your life to Christ. I'm waiting for you for a minute. Just step out and come. Just come. Just come. Just come. I want you to step out and come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Young man, I thank God for your life today. Today is your day. That was how Billy Graham got born again. He was alone that day. Not knowing that big things were about to happen. Pray this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this young man that he's come to give his life to you. 
I pray, Lord, that you lay hold on his life. Change it and bless him and help him in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-E. God richly bless you.